Today is August 19th, Sunday, August 19th, and the Yankees just swept the Blue Jays. Thought this team was down and out and making us mad. There they go. They put up 28 runs, win all three games. Let's talk Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy Jake. That is nice. Recaps galore and weekly awards. Stat lines, steaming hot takes. Your Yankees news with these two fine dudes. It's time for Talking Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy Jake. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Happy Monday. Enjoy the off day. Thank you for tuning in, listening to Talking Yanks. My name's John Boy. I'm coming to you from New Jersey. I have my co-host, Jake, coming to you from Denver. And we are coming off the most angry, mad podcast we've had as a a podcast last week, last whenever it was, last Thursday. And now the Yankees sweep. So I always say baseball emotions are the most fleeting emotions. And here we are, a little bit more cheery, a little bit more happy. Although there are some negatives off the field stuff, but the game results, you can't be upset with at all. You can't be upset with the game results for the last series. So uh, first off, how are you, Jake? Hey, Jim. The, the team responded to us in our in our podcast so that's good kind of had to but yes they did glad Uh, glad everyone and everyone listened uh we got good fan response you and me were kind of confident in our last pod we got good feedback so this will probably be bad podcast yeah this one will be bad because we're happy yeah the feedback was good while i was editing it i was like hey those rants were actually they were pointed and uh, not just yelling to yell like we had some good points being made anyway left about the angry one how was how, and no good points today so. no good points how was your weekend how are what state of mind are you coming to let the listeners know it was good i'm uh i'm kind of one of those sunday the the like you'll you'll see those internet memes that are like oh it's your three last brain cells from the weekend talking to each other and it's like Lindsay lohan britney spears and uh, Christina Aguilera in a car, like looking like, Oh, we're crazy. Um, so I'm a little bit of that. Um, the, uh, the lady had some college friends in town this weekend. So we were entertaining a little bit. Um, went into the Hills briefly, watched, uh, watched the Yanks score a lot of runs, three listings, three listings in a row. Pretty nice. Um, so I'm good. My today's fake sponsor. Cause we, we bought too much booze is a uh, new Belgium and their voodoo ranger IPA. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to have one of those voodoo ranger IPA, huh? Yeah. Only I didn't want a beer or anything, but it was the only thing that was already in a pre-made can or container. So I went with that. Nice. And also speaking of sponsors, this episode is also brought to you by three of our most loyal patrons, and they are Mendel Lebowski, Lapkowski, Ryan Schoenbachler, and and Dominic Brown. Three of our most loyal patrons. Thank you very much for sponsoring this show. If you want to sponsor the next show, go to talk. Go to go to Patreon.com/slash Talking Yanks. 
Subscribe, support us. $2 a month gets you early access to the podcast. It gets you live access. That's how early it is. You can watch us talk about it live, and it gets you video access, and it gets your name in a raffle that we choose at the end of each month for free affordable jerseys and more about them later. All right, Jake, there's one conversation I want to have with you before we dive into the burns and the awards and all that. That is the state of Aaron Judge. Because this is, uh, like I said, the game results are good. We're happy. But there's this this cloud of doubt kind of surrounding Judge, and it's a little scary. He still hasn't swung. I think we're going on four weeks now since it happened. He still hasn't swung a bat. He played catch. Then it was like raining, and they said, nah, just forget it. Um, He says it still hurts. And there's a lot of people comparing it to the Justin Turner injury. He did the same thing, came back, was a shell of himself because he was still hurt. So where's your concern level for Judge? Do you like? Do you think we'll see him play at the beginning of September? Uh, I mean, honestly, no, right? There's 10 days left and he hasn't swung a bat yet. <laughs> um I mean, it kind of seems laughable right now. And I mean, when they came out with the original diagnosis, we all said wrist injury three weeks. Like, that doesn't really sound right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, it's it's hopeful. Um, I, I mean, I would be shocked if he's, like, out for the year, especially with everything they've been saying. Cashman came out, I think it was before – before this series started and said he was a hundred percent that we're going to see Aaron judge again this year. Um, so if not, I mean, then, I mean, talk about organizational like failure to communicate there. Are you, are are you getting nervous about it? Cause I think I'm not as nervous as I, I see other people and they're really nervous. He's out for the year. When he comes back, he's going to be horrible, but I am an optimist, optimistic person, but I, I'm starting to get a little nervous about this injury and, how long it's going to take uh, three weeks there Boone and Cashman have said they were honest with their guests of three weeks. Like that wasn't them trying to lie. And I don't know. That's kind of hard. I think I'd rather say, yeah, we just wanted it to, we were trying to be optimistic and maybe we got a little ahead of ourselves rather than no, we really thought it was going to be three weeks. Cause uh, did you think like who thought it was going to be three weeks? Didn't make any sense. Right. Like if, if it was three weeks, then it would have been like one week. Cause then it's basically, he got hit in the pitch, hit, hit in the wrist with a pitch. And like, that's it. Like he got a bruise or something, yeah. but they said it was no injury. No wrist injury would be less than that. I don't know. I here's, I, I, I won't give a full state of the union, but I think it ties into the judge thing. As you saw, I took, took some Twitter Q and a the other night. Cause uh, the ladies' college friends were hanging out, and I just drank a Red Bull and got excited and wanted to talk about the Yankees. And no, that was no one's forte. <laughs> so, I mean, where I'm at with judges at this point, it's kind of the whole mindset of the of the Yankees. Like the Red Sox are out of the picture, barring anything ridiculous. And then. So what? We just have to build to get this team right for the playoffs. So it's getting Severino right. It's getting Judge and Gary back healthy. It's getting the kind of dead spots in the lineup going. Glaber and Bird, getting them right. 
um, getting the bullpen to be what they should be. If those all come together, now we're in the full conversation of what the Yankees team can do. Right now, we're not – it's not like, oh, throw Aaron Judge in the lineup, we're the favorites again. No, we're not that right now. So it's get healthy. I hope to see you in two weeks, knock on wood. Um, but, I mean, there's still bigger problems than just saying, oh, Aaron Judge is hurt. You know what I'm saying? Yes, but you'd like Judge to come back and, and, and be healthy. All right, but there's a, there's a lot. Jane, you're still a Shane Robinson fan, correct? 0 for 4, 0 hits, 0 walks, 0 runs, 0 RBIs. Only player that went 0 for in all four categories on the entire roster this series. Listened, got, listened to some Sterling again, and I, it's every episode now that I just r- rave about it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so <laughs> uh, – I shouldn't. I don't want to give too much away, but Robinson comes up in the third game when the Yanks get the big lead first, <laughs> and he goes, "Oh, Shane Robinson up to bat," and he goes, "It's fine that he's in the game now. We've got a big lead. We don't need any runs." <laughs> Dude, I mean, like, and he was saying it in like Earth. not an insulting way at all. Just like, let's be honest. Like, your defense is okay for us right now but you at the plate is laughable yeah like i said only player in these three games that didn't at least get one hit one rbi one run or one walk everyone else at least knocked one tally in the three games he's the only guy on the whole roster besides the pitchers hey hey curtis just come over here man they pinch hit for curtis and someone tweeted at me like i think he just it was right after the neil walker misplay in game two, we'll get to all of this. And then then Granderson gets pinch hit for in a game that's like a close game now. And someone tweeted, like, I think they just traded for him. I was like, imagine. Like, that was just snap. That's my dream. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, just like an impromptu mid-game reactionary trade is your dream, not specifically Curtis Granderson. I bet some of the Yankees must have been messing with him pretty good during the pregame stretches. Like, Curtis, why, why don't you come... Come stretch with us today, bud. We got an extra uni. Guardy walks up. Hey, Curtis, what's up, dude? Why don't you let's throw the bu- Will you throw with me a little? Bit? <laughs> yeah. Guys, come on. Old time sake. All right. Let's- you know I can't do that. <laughs> let's go into game one burn. There's a lot of conversations that need to be have need to be had. I think they'll come up naturally uh, while, as we go through the games and then the awards. So here we go. Are you ready? I think so. Game one in the Bronx. On your mark, get set, burn. The Stroh Show, Marcus Stroman versus Lance, Twisted Steel, and Sex Appeal, Lynn. But Lynn's early Bronx mojo wore out in the first. Morales, RBI single. Pilar, RBI single. Almedes Diaz, two RBI single. Early 4-0 lead for the Jays. The Yanks would answer with their left side of the infield. Didi, triple, and Duhar, double. Four to two, fortitude after one. Both pitchers would settle in until the fourth, until Neil Walker says, "Uh, did I hear someone say Bronx Mojo? Yeah, baby, yeah! Three-run Yabo makes it 5-4 Yanks. Those pesky Jays would push one across in the fifth. We're tied at five, folks. Glaber would get an RBI ground out, good. Giancarlo would put the icing on the cake with a solo shot that brought the rains down from the heavens above. Your final would be after seven. Yank seven, 
Jay's five. Lance, throwback to the Peckerheads. Chad to D-Rod. Yanks win. Yanks win. Shortened game. Shortened game. Would have been bad if it was the other side and we lost a shortened game. Would have been a lot of people really mad. Oh, my God. Imagine. Imagine the best thing about this game, and this is obvious, and no one is uh, going to be surprised when I say this, is that they went down 4-0, and they immediately put two in the first, and they came back. Because if they didn't get those two in the first after Lance put them in the, down, and they, they just laid down and died in the first there, it would have been misery just continued. Like, it, it would have been just the same. Th- I don't think, if they don't get those two in the first, I don't think we're winning that game because it was lay down and die forever. That was important because when, when Lance Lynn didn't come to task, got knocked around, it was like, fuck, here we go again. Why am I doing this to myself? Any casual fan was like, no, thank you. Yeah. So a couple things on Lance Lynn. I, I don't know if you remember little teaser from last up. I gave a little, like Lance was struggling so much in his last start and he was so dominant in his first two performances with the Yankees that I thought that maybe <laughs> he was riding a little high on that Bronx magic. And I, again, am I right? Probably never in my life, but he had a tough first inning. The big thing is he's a professional and he fought through the next three, which again, going back to Domingo Herman, our other options from earlier in the year, it's usually a blow up and they can't get through the next inning. So that was nice and helps that the game was shortened. Um, but yeah, man, I've, I've been asking for this for a little bit now. Like we've, we haven't responded to a true, I don't want to say knockout punch, but you score four runs on the first in a team and you're thinking, okay, let's knock them out and win this game. We've been in the situation where we've been down a few runs to the Mets and we've been down a few runs in this game and we've, We've been waiting for that, and to say this was the comeback is a little dramatic, but it was it was good to see. Like We didn't just pack it in and be like, oh, well, we're down four. There's rain in the forecast. Let's, uh, let's get out of here and hit up Soho, you know? Yep. Well, yeah, I mean, then you got Bird walking an 11 a pitch at bat versus Stroman, ends up with a walk, and Disco Neal walking to the plate knowing this dude's going to try and throw strikes because he just – threw 11 pitches and walked the guy, and he's high in the pitch count. This dude's throwing me strikes. Why don't I just get the party started, throw a little dance in the right field? Boom. Three-run homer. We get the lead. Did Lance give it back up the next inning? Yeah, tie game. But once you have that homer magic from Disco, you know you're winning. Is Neil Walker close to, like, (laughs) – being the heartbeat of this team. He's got a little bit of Chase Headley from last year. Yeah, when, that's a good comparison. When he's like going like, come on, guys. <laughs> like like clapping he's, his hands. He's, he's not the leader or one of the leaders, but you see him hustling and fist pumping. You're like, wow, this dude's seen a lot of rodeos and he's still giving it hell in an August game against the Blue Jays. Yep. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then, yeah, so Lance wasn't great. Good post-game interview by Lance. Mm, anything else? I mean, Giancarlo homered, which is happening a lot. <laughs> yep. Uh, Green had two good innings, and then D-Rob had a good inning. Yeah. That was good in close game. A couple of guys that the magnifying glass has been on of late, so that's good. Yeah. 
Uh, if you weren't didn't know, Green went two innings pitched, one hit, and D Rob went one innings pitched, no hits, two strikeouts. All right, let's go on to game two. It's only three games. Uh, game two. What was your favorite game? I think game three was my favorite, but let's do game two. Game two wasn't a bad game. Game two. A lot of I. I didn't really fully work it into the burn, so I I want to talk about it now. But the the '98 reunion. Oh, man, that reunion was awesome. And I don't re- I didn't watch any of the regular season games for that team. I was nine years old, one, so I'm not sitting down and watching full games. I li- I lived in Australia, so I didn't get the games. But my mom would VHS tape all the playoff games. And they were on at like 10 in the morning or something like that because it's Australia time, 14-hour difference. And then we'd come home from school. She'd pop in the VHS. She'd already know what happened, and we'd win. Now, I didn't watch any regular season games because I was nine years old and we didn't have them on, weren't available to us in 1998 in Australia. Like, literally not a thing. But I did watch the hell out of all those end-of-the-year VHSs, like – the 96, the 98, 99, 2000 VHSs, documentaries of the season. I've watched them a million times. So I feel like, you know, I've done my homework over the years, but I don't know. That was a lot of fun. It was, uh, did you see how bad Chuck Knobloch looked? Tough, Tough to lead oh, off Oh, yeah, dude. That was amazing. Two black eyes. And he didn't have the black eyes on Friday, but he had him Saturday. There's a picture of him Friday. So, like, he got into a fight at the bar. Like, he had to get beat up by O'Neill or Cohn. Got beat up by a bookie or something, dude. Like, oh, you're back in New York. Remember when you you blew that one game? Told, told you not to come back here, Chuck. He's like a bad guy. Beat his wife twice. Went to jail. Yeah, wasn't wasn't looking good. Let's. Well, why did we talk about that, dude? The the David Wells putting the hat on the World Series trophy killed me. It's just a silly picture. Basic humor. What about what about David Wells and David Cohn acting drunk in the golf cart? Yeah, just having the time of their life. There, dude. I I remember it being a thing at the time. Like, just because David Wells was David Wells, he's this big burly guy. He rides his bike. He'll cuss you out. He's you know got the cut off sleeves when he's not playing. And David Cohn has this kind of subdued. Like if 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 you walked into parent teachers meetings and he was your kid's like fourth grade math teacher, you'd be like, oh, that Mr. Cohn is a nice fellow. And I remember because, which is so pathetic because they have the same first name, <laughs> that like they were a thing. And the fact that they were still doing that was pretty cool. They're like best friends. They call each other scumbag and shit. Like, uh, um, did you hear when Pettit joined the booth with Cohn and O'Neill? Oh, your clips. Michael K was really good because he kind of just like stepped back and let the three of them just talk. A, they made fun of Chuck Knobloch for weathering terribly, and they all had a laugh without saying it was Chuck. Pettit, I, what I kind of dug about it, it's it's weird, but I picked on it. Pettit was kind of like a, a little uh, reserved, and you got the vibe that like he still looked at O'Neal and Cone as the veterans from when he was a rookie. You know, like elder statesmen, in his mind, like if I hang out with Chris Drew from Southbury, he was the captain of my hockey team when I was a freshman. So I still like see him as like, right. That even though we're 10 years on now, it felt like that. Petter was kind of like shy. 
<laughs> I I see that angle. I I thought it was more so Andy Pettit almost being like, "Yo, how do you guys do all this stuff like every day?" <laughs> there was a lot of that. They asked him like, "Would you want to come on? You got that nice southern draw." And he was like, "Yeah, nah, I'm not much of a talker." <laughs> yeah. And Andy, you could tell. And that's so funny cuz I I think a lot of people just assume that's like a cop out or the next step, like, oh yeah, you're an athlete. Why don't you just go in the booth after? And like, after seeing Andy Pettit, I just thought he was just uncomfortable. And like, if Yes was like, Andy, we'll pay you ten mil a year, come be in the booth. He'd be like, no thanks, guys. Not much of a, not much of a. It's a lot of work. It is. And O'Neill and Cone are really good at it. And Cone, like, they're not just ex-Yankees talking about the Yankees. O'Neill kinda is, but Cone goes and does national broadcasts and. Like, he's a really good advocate of the game. Or is that the right word? I don't know. All right. All right. So that was awesome. Seeing Tori, I have this weird, like, image of Tori. Like, he almost just makes me cry looking at him. See, when you, the respect thing and older statements thing you just said, like, Joe Tori, I think, would be the person in this world I think I would be, like, the most... <laughs> like reserved and like not myself yeah mm-hmm. mr tory sir thank you how are you he's like the cop comes and breaks up the the party and you're like oh sorry sir oh sorry officer like really apologize that's how you treat joe, joe tory like probably not look him in the eye <laughs> all right let's go on the let's go on to game two he was pretty good who's that tory oh yeah he's awesome Tori could have easily made a career out of that. Yes. Yeah. All right. But, okay. Game two. You ready? Game two. One. Yeah, I think so. One, two, three, burn. Sean Reed Foley on the bump for the Jays versus Luis Severino. Still looking to find his ace form. He would pitch five shutout innings to start the game while the Yanks scored in each of those innings. Good strategy. Didi, do you love me? Two-run homer. They didn't know. Romine sack fly. Just do it. Andujar RBI double. Bird RBI ground out. G-Unit. Solo homer. Retweet. Just do it. Solo homer. It's 8 nothing after 5. The Jays would put together a comeback, fueled by some bad defense from the Yanks, against Sevy and Tommy Tightpants. It's 8-5 to five after 6. Whoa. Greg Bird out of witness protection. Solo shot. Hicks. RBI walk. Classic. Petey <laughs> sack fly. Yanks end up winning 11 to 6. Savvy to Canely to Holder to Britton to Batances to Cole. Yanks win. Yanks, Yanks win. win. The decision. That's what we'll uh, we'll talk about because that was the big thing. And, and I, I have I have I have a stance on it, and um, it's different than what I saw on the internet. A lot bringing Savvy out for that sixth inning after he went five scoreless, and you have an eight nothing lead. What are your thoughts? It's tough. It's it's an argument that I don't think could get win one either way. Um, I mean, it would have been a joke. Not a joke, but if this was before the Sevy slump, you'd be like, yeah, let's Sevy throw, you know, 12 fastballs the next inning, save the bullpen from an in- inning, he'll cruise. Um, and, but it kind of does go against what Boone's been doing this year with the uh, if you need a good day and you have a good day, that's it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, so it does kind of totally go against that. Um, I don't know. I guess it's 
I don't know, almost damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because, you know, if, if they did, if they didn't let Seve go out there the next inning, then people would be like, oh, wow, they still don't even trust him, blah, blah, blah. So I, I completely agree with throwing Seve out for the sixth. It just didn't work out. But I think you try to get the outs from him all the time in that situation. You have eight runs to work with. Um, Sonny Gray wasn't available. So that leaves your slop guys of A.J. Cole and Canely. Cole isn't good. He's been bad this last four outings. And Canely, for some reason, they don't trust Canely. So anyway, you have to get four innings of outs from for, from slop relievers, and the slop relievers are all being very dickheadish right now. So try to get more outs from Sebi. It's 8 nothing. What's the risk? I think Sebi pitched five shutout innings. I don't think the two hits to start the sixth changed what he did that day. Like that was a big stepping stone for Sebi. And I, I think it's easy to be like, yeah, the last inning wasn't good, but that was a good outing by me in comparison to everything else that's I've been doing. So I'm fine with it. Uh, people were like really freaking out on it. I, I don't think, I mean, and, and when we showed Kay, uh came in and struggled, then Cole came in at the end of the game and struggled. And it's like, yeah, I'd rather Sebi get outs than try to hand that try to get four innings from those two. Right. And it's there, there always could be other stuff going on. Like obviously they want Sebi to get those outs, but maybe it's yeah. Sebi get those outs, maybe throw a couple changeups. The changeup look good today. Let's work into that. You never know what they're fully working on behind the scenes. Yeah, man, I I don't know. It's Granderson and Smoke, so it's two of the better lefties in Toronto's lineup. Not that you can really hide behind that. Yes, yeah, it's uh, – I don't know. I'm – unfortunately, I'm not as full optimistic as you that this was the big stepping stone for Seve. I think he did look good, but I'm – I'm not riding off five innings against the Blue Jays and saying, all right, Seve's back, you know? Well, a stepping stone and being back are two different things. Right, but I mean... His slider looked much better, and he was pumping 98 in the first and second inning, which we haven't seen. Which is which is good. I mean, and again, this is where the final line comes into play, but I guess it's expectations. You know, that's one of my favorite words. And end of the day, we were five innings, six hits, two earned runs from Seve. So, I mean, I... I I just I need more. I'm I'm not even full full stepping. So it was it was good. Take out those two runs. Who that? Because if Boone does pull them, then it's five innings, no runs. He looked good. It's it's a stepping stone for sure. You just don't over don't overplay what stepping stone means. He's not back. The last couple outings, that's a stepping stone. There's no way it's not. It, it was it was it was good. Yeah, and after a lot of bad, that's a stepping stone. Okay. Step in the right direction. Uh, he he looked he looked like the second inning. He looked really good. Yeah, we haven't seen a full inning. It was the first time he had a scoreless first in August. I know. So so that's step in the right direction. We got a lot more steps to go. A lot more steps to go. I like a lot better than a stepping stone. Well, it's both. Yeah, and I said I like the other a lot more. So, yeah. 
same thing. You can't refuse to say that was a stepping stone when it was. Fuck your mother. <laughs> All right, let's go on to game three. Game three, okay. Dude, I might struggle with this this one uh, during my practice rounds slash to make to make the video. There's a couple lines I had I had <laughs> struggled getting out, so we'll see. All right, I'm excited. On your mark, get set, burn. Jay Happ against his former teammates from the Great North, don't you know? Against Ryan the Rookie Baruki. And guess what? The Jays would strike first. Russ Gritcha. Uh, ugly name. Solo shot in the first. Boo. Spoiler, if you're family with Ryan Baruki, turn off the podcast now. Anduhar RBI single. Didi RBI infield single. Then, finally, Greg Bird's Adam's Apple does not care what you think. Grand Salami. Baruki gets pulled after only getting two outs. It's six to one after one. Half would settle down, only giving up one more run. 5.1 innings, two earned, and spoiler, gets the win. The Bombers weren't done scoring, though. Big G with the RBI single. Anduhar RBI ground out. Higashioka threw out a base runner and hit a two RBI single. Slap my ass and call me Sally. The Yankees win 10 to two and sweep the Jays. Let's go, Yanks. Six runs before one out. That's good. That's good. Rala good. Six runs, six runs, no outs before getting to Shane Robinson and Higashioka. It's perfect. It's the perfect plan. So that's almost undefeated. How funny was it that Higgy and Shane like just got out right away? (laughs) Like almost had to. Same picture. Like, otherwise, is this game going to end today? Dude's like, fuck the major leagues. This sucks. Give me some minor leaguers. Oh, okay. Well, th- thank you. It was perfect. Yeah, that was crazy. And uh, Baruki had only given up one home run in 50 innings. And then Birdie got him. Birdie got him. Didn't get through one. So, yeah, man. A lot of, lot of runs scored. Hap continues to be boring but stable. Yeah, like, yeah, gave up, gave up two solo shots. Solo shots will never kill you. Yeah, man, and he's he's been striking people out. <laughs> Eight Ks, five and a third. Then we went to Holder. He looked good, and Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray, man. Do you have any award planned for Sonny Gray? Okay, so Sonny Sonny Gray's life right now, man. It's like I, I'm not, I'm not advocating for him not to be in the role he's in. But the role he's in, it's a sad state of affairs for Sonny, man. Like, he's completely irrelevant. He was lower on the than Cole. He came in out of the bullpen in an eight-run game, Jake. Jim, I, uh, I, I don't, we're not going to have this full conversation now because it's a conversation you'd hate. If you're at home or at work or whatever you're doing. Maybe they're driving. Maybe you're driving. Start thinking about what the 25-man playoff roster would look like. Sonny Gray might not be on it. No. Which is insane. Which because is you're, insane. You're gonna... if, you, if you know and follow baseball, Sonny Gray was one of the best pitchers in the game as of <laughs> a year ago. Dueled with Verlander in a wild-card game. He was the team's wild-card pitcher. And now he's not going to be on the 25-man 
for the playoffs, maybe. I mean, yeah, just mentally crunch those numbers. It's going to be really interesting to see someone, again, that uh, that lazy, I want to talk Yanks with people, Twitter post I put out. It's going to be interesting throughout that bullpen to see who claims what role. And, I mean, somebody going to get left off. Yeah. Right now it's like Sonny or Cole. But, again, there's still a lot to happen between now and then. Well, you don't need the fifth starter. So Lynn is probably, or CC, someone's going to go back there. Yeah, Lynn probably turns into the playoff weapon because um, it' I, <laughs> tough to picture pushing CC out of the rotation. But um, we'll see. That's again, we'll we'll get there. And what the Yankees said earlier this season with all their talent is that these things figure themselves out. Yeah. So. All right, let's go on to awards, which are brought to you by AffordableJerseys.com. Affordable jerseys. You'll never guess what they sell. Jake, any guesses? Hats. Wrong. Jerseys of the affordable kind. Less than $100. No name on the back. For Yankee fans, that's kind of nice. You know, I, uh, I don't care if you wear a jersey with a name on the back, but if the option is presented for cheap, feel like that's a better option because the players don't wear names on the back on the field because everyone knows who the Yankees are. Don't need to, don't need to announce yourself. Who's that little guy in right field? I can't see his name. That's Shane Robinson, dumbass. Don't you just know his gait and skinny head and big helmet? Skinnier than you. I'm a small head guy, and that's a skinny head. Peanut brain just doesn't look like he belongs on that field. Now you switch him out with some of the ball boys and you're like, yes, correct. This makes more sense. And no, it sucks. Like Shane Robinson's career was like my original baseball dream. Pretty much just like, just grind out, work as hard as I can outwork everyone. And yeah, I'll, I'll get a shot as a utility outfielder and try to prove my worth. (laughs) Now he's a guy that I rip on every other week. So yeah, I'd probably look the same if I stood on, like a field with like, but again, I haven't been playing and working out for the last decade. That's true. So boom, boom, boom roasted Shane. I haven't been playing and working out for the last decade. Cause I, cause I got cut in high school and, and you're still going. You idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, by the way, I was going to say this before I almost giggled and this is like a trap for myself, but I have step brothers is on in the background on mute. And dude, I totally forgot about the scene where <laughs> John C. Riley is asleep and Will Farrell paints on like <laughs> scars on <Yeah>. him. <laughs> he's just walking down the street and people are screaming. At his yes, face. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Awards. It's Sunday, which means I get to go first. You go first. Because I'm closer to God than you are. Mm. Fair. You fucking heathen. Okay. So pride of the Yankees, the first award we give out. Pride of the Yankees. I gave it yeah. a lot of thought, Jake. I had to give pride and motherfucker a lot of thought in this series. A lot of this people- was this was the first time I've been excited to look at the stat sheet in a in a little while. Yeah, that's true. A lot of runs, twenty eight runs. All right, my pride of the Yankees. Pride, pride, pride of the Yankees. Miguel Andujar, man. Nice, dude. Miguel Andujar, he had six hits this series. It was a three-game set. 
He had six hits, at least one hit in each game. He had six RBIs, at least one RBI in each game. Since the All-Star break, and Duhar, 28 games since the break, 361 batting average, 378 on base percentage. 378 on base percentage over 28 games. That's not the dude that we were seeing at the beginning of the year. 1.045 OPS, 8 home runs in 28 games, and 24 RBIs in those 28 games. He's tied for 12th in all of Major League Baseball, the American League, the National League, 30 teams, about 15 guys that swing a bat on each team. You do the math because I literally can't. He's tied for 12th out of all of those players with extra base hits at 58. This kid is so locked in right now, and he's been he's been swinging a hot bat, I think, for the whole season besides maybe a two-week span back in April maybe where he get, went a little cold. Maybe it was May. I think it was May. Went a little cold. But 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 this is much different than the rest. He is incredibly locked in right now. It feels in, it feels foolish to not pay attention to every pitch as if he's about to clobber one. Yeah, I I got to eat some crow cuz I was I was fairly willing to trade him at the deadline. I mean, in a big move. It it had to be someone that really moved the needle. I was all in on the DeGrom trade. Um, but in my head, I was saying, you know, someone like Brandon Drury could replace what he's doing. Um, and it was a little bit of the old Todd Frazier mindset. Like, yeah, you know, Drury probably couldn't bring the violence at the plate that Andujar provides, but maybe he settles down third and the Yankees just settle in with that. Um He's special, man. I mean, every every stat they show now, he's getting compared to Lou Gehrig. No, Joe DiMaggio. Joey D. Um, he, uh, yeah, he's hovering around hitting 300, which is kind of mind-bottling. Um, he looks he looks incredible, man. And I, uh, I know this is something that you kind of hate, but yeah, I saw so much Andujar first base stuff this this weekend that it's just like. Please stop. Yankee fans are incredible with how much they refuse to focus on the present. Like, okay, Andrew Hart's hot right now and Bird's not. Let's figure out 2019. Yeah. It's like, let's figure out the rest of 2018, guys. No. And, and, oh, and uh, the A's go ahead of the Houston. So we're automatically facing Verlander in the wild card game because Houston is going to be so out of it that they can set up their rotation perfectly. And they're not even going to have to try to win that division and want to pitch Verlander on one game 162 to win the division. It's automatic. We're just facing Verlander in a wild card game. Yeah. It's off and off. It's like, yo, you, this is all moot. Who cares? I, Yankee fans are crazy with how much they want to get into the weeds of shit that does not even matter for a long time right and you know verlander actually got knocked around pretty good today by the a's not that that matters um yeah i guess that's part of my running message to yankees twitter is like control what you can control like yeah a you control nothing but (laughs) like like worry worry about judging gary getting healthy worry about the bullpen getting more consistent worry about Sevy getting right worry about bird and glaber getting going like these are the things that matter to us. We can't control if we see Houston in a one-game playoff. Like, that that would be out of our hands. But, hey, what if 
What if they do end up winning their division? Or what if they're tied to win their division? Are they going to pitch Verlander there? Like, you can't worry about any of this stuff. Like, just stop. Worry about the Yankees becoming the best team they can become. How about that? Um, How about that? And I think the – because, again, you and me are, you know, two guys talking. Combined, we average 5'7", buck 90, something like that. So I get skeptical about sometimes when we talk hardcore baseball stuff. But, dude, again, I I hyped it so much last time. But Todd Frazier on the R2C2 said it beautifully that with young players, you get so honed in on what they're not good at. Yep. And, like, you know, we're we're obviously infatuated and we love Andujar's violent swing and the helicopter and all the extra base hits and all that. Like, everyone already – you accept that as the norm. You're like, oh, that's what this guy does. But then you're like, oh, well, he can't play third base that good. Uh And it's like, well, yeah, and he's really young, and he might get a lot better at it. Or, you know what, maybe he won't, and you might have to address some stuff later. But as of now, he's our third baseman going forward, so root for him to, to play better defense and improve. And you see him working on it. It's not like Andujar's going around the city. He's at clubs still six in the morning and it's like oh i skipped defense today because i hit another homer like no man like these guys are professional athletes and miguel anuhar's defense again right now isn't what's holding us back from becoming what we want this yankees team to be if anything he's providing a lot of life that we would be dead without right now in the last nine months these are this is the future of first base for the yankees judge is going to move there gary's going to move there Yep. Harper's going to move there. Oh, yeah. And now Andujar's going to move there. Well, Tyler Austin was going to hold it down for a little bit. Everyone's moving the first. He was leading the rookies in home runs, so. Do you see Tyler Austin's parents on Twitter? No. Yo, they're they're like being petty as fuck. His dad is just tweeting out, Tyler Austin has three home runs in the last week. Greg Bird has, that's more than Greg Bird has in the last month. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm going to just chalk that up as like old people not really understanding what's going on. But like if any if anyone should if anyone should understand slumps and down months and that, it should be the parents of a professional baseball player, minor league baseball player. Like My parents are crazy, man. Dude, you know what? That's parents are crazy. I can't wait to be a crazy parent. Yeah. I'm going to be nuts. No, oh, you're going to be nuts. Yeah. I don't think I'll I think I'll be Smart enough to not like tweet that shit out. We'll see. Like Greg Tyler Austin's parents are openly talking shit about Greg Bird because the Yankees traded their son. Parents are nuts, man. I uh dude, I I watch my dog do shit and I'm like, holy smokes, like Yeah, good job grabbing that pillow. And then I'm like, oh my god. Imagine a creature like you create. Whew. You birth noodle. Tried. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That got me good. Okay. All right. You're pride of the Yankees. I try not to. I try not to laugh at your jokes. I know. No, I like. I like laughing. It usually takes. Usually takes an obscure one to really (laughs) flip you up. My pride of the Yankees. Well, Torres did end up hitting 750. Um. No, I'm 
dude, screw it. I'm still going Stanton. And and I'll I'll run it till I'm dead if he's playing like this, just because it is so dynamic. Like, yes, Anduhar's doing his thing and it's awesome. But Stan is the dude. And like the Toronto pitchers didn't want anything to do with him. And he still ended up hitting two homers, three RBIs, four runs, five hits, four fifty-five on the series, five thirty-eight OVP. He's playing like an absolute monster. If you leave a lefty out there to face him, you're insane. Like, if you're starting a lefty starting pitcher, essentially you have to chalk up one or two runs to Giancarlo Stanton before the fourth inning. Um, the 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 rookie brookie pull the base, so he's looking kind of healthier. I think he's going he's gonna play the outfield in Miami. They kind of said he's gonna try it. Uh, rookie brookie, yeah, three zero pitcher Stanton. Yeah. Change up in the dirt. Yeah. Stan swung over it because he's swinging. <laughs> Rookie wanted no part of that. I think at one point they threw him like seven straight balls. He uh, He's he's an absolute force right now. And I guess when I'm thinking pride of the Yankees, I'm thinking what you're, what I'm looking at out there. And if you're playing us right now, he's, he's the guy and he's been the guy. And it's, it's awesome. Yeah, and and the, none of the pitchers really like dominated, so they weren't getting prides. No, no. All right, next up, next award. If you don't know, you're a new listener, and I appreciate that. Like you, it's the Yankee motherfucker, Jake. That's what we do next. It's an award we hate to do, and in a three-game sweep, how many are out there? Now, there's a couple that you think are coming. I didn't go for the obvious one. I uh, maybe I went for the maybe it is obvious. I'll just say it, okay? Enough oh, dropped a pen. Enough beating around the bush. Tommy Canley, my motherfucker. Okay. I was excited for you, Tommy. Your first outing, you're throwing 98 nasty changeups. You come in, you can't even get three outs, two outs, and while you get those two outs, you give up two hits, one walk, kind of blow it open there. Could have just settled it down. You put them on base which then allowed for Neil to not catch a ball most right fielders catch. Right. Um, so the runs, maybe they shouldn't even happen, but still you didn't do your job. You had to hand the ball over before those runs were safe. And uh, the, it, it's a three-game sweep, so no one really like not going hard at anyone. But I want Canely to stick around and be good because I love rooting for Tommy Canely. He's a bulldog. He's a psycho. Tight pants, big thighs, and he didn't get the job done. And now I'm thinking, well, I don't know why the Yankees brass doesn't have tr- faith in you or like you, but you just, you just, you just got yourself back on the naughty list, and I want you on on the good list. Nice, nice is the term. The nice list, right? Naughty or nice? Yeah, nice list. Yeah. Yo, what do you think about this little league stuff with the MLB team playing a game? Like they're the Phillies and Mets are shaking hands after the game, the way little leaguers do. I'm fine with it. I I love it. I wouldn't want it every game, but I think it is something like like if we weren't recording and I didn't have a birthday dinner, like I would have tuned in. I think it's kind of cool to put you like it's so weird. Usually the spectacle is you put we're putting little kids in the big league environment, right? 
That's what Little League World Series is. They're on TV. They got replays. It's like a big media grab. And then to kind of flip it, and you're putting big leaguers in a Little League environment where they're shaking hands afterwards. They're doing, like, mic'd up interviews. They're riding the bus with the kids and sitting in the... They were sitting in the stands, like the pitchers for the Mets were just sitting in the stands with the little kids watching the game. I kind of, like, thoroughly enjoy it. I think, you know... Angry, black-hearted people will say it's corny or gimmicky or whatever, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of all in. They already announced next year it's Cubs something. I wonder if they'd ever get the Yankees to do it. It'd be, it'd be interesting. But anyway. Yeah, the, the only thing I'll say as a, as a somewhat sad point is when you take a step back, pretty weird. Like, I caught myself – like, I was <laughs> – I was making everyone watch one of the games yesterday. Like I just threw it on the TV. I didn't even think I was like, Oh yeah, sports, Little League world series. And then like you take a step back and you're like, well, we've got a lot of cameras and stuff on 12 year old kids just trying to play baseball. Little odd. Again, I still think it's awesome and the kids love it and it's super cool. But um, yeah, the MLB game is cool. It's I, I took a petty jab on Instagram just cause I'm, this still makes me mad, but Big Al, the kid who got famous via Barstool and yep. everything, because he had the I'm Big Al. I hit home. I hit dingers. Yep. Um, I like MLB was posting about him, and like a bunch of players went up and dapped him up, which is like so cool. But at the same time, I was laughing because I think more people in the world now know Big Al than Mike Trout. Um. Which is just ridiculous. Monet Davis, when she was pitching, was the most talked about baseball player of that year. Like 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 internet statistically. And that's not a knock on her. She was she was doing something that was motivational for all little girls that were watching that. It was awesome. Like she was dominating boys. So that's like huge for little girls watching the little league research. But at the same time, a little league player should not be the most talked about baseball player of the year when we have the MLB. So get, go go get your shit together, MLB. Watch watch a twelve and under basketball tournament, and then picture the best player there being more popular than LeBron James. <laughs> so so there's that. Um, my Yankee MFer. I'm just gonna do this because I don't think I. Well, I'm making an assumption that you weren't gonna talk about him. I'm gonna give it to Ronald Torres. Whoa, as the motherfucker. But. It's man, that dude's a motherfucker. Three hits and four at bats today. You can't do that. <laughs> I am, because otherwise I was gonna give it to you, because you kind of pooped on Torres, because everyone was excited. You can't do that. One time. No. Oh, I did it. One time. One time, I abstained from giving motherfucker, and I did a cop out, and I gave it to myself. That's why I didn't abstain. But I gave it to myself. I said, "I'm the motherfucker." Or I just gave it to you, and you told me I wasn't allowed to do that because it was a cop out. You have to give one. Yeah, and then you ran with it. I gave it to Torres in the stat sheet at the end of the season when we like who got the most motherfuckers. It's going to say Jake gave Ronald Torres one. Yeah, good. No one's going to understand that you did it as. A... Don't care. Don't care. Right now, it means something to me. And you poo-poo on his skill set, and it is a skill set that he just slaps these little hits, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. He's hitting 327 this year. I was gonna give him a 329. I was gonna give him a doing his thing award, and like that's what he does. No, but you would have ended up poo-pooing. Like if you think Ronald Torres should be playing lots on this team, well, you're wrong. You are wrong. 
you'd be, yeah, you'd be right saying that, but he could play on a lot of other teams and he's going to one of these days. It's just, he got sent down, dude. And not because he was struggling just because his skill set is one thing single. So is Canely. So is Drury like this. This whole thing has been pretty sloppy this year. Let's be honest. I did a whole spiel on that last episode. Shane Robinson getting reps. Yeah. 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 Playing a lot. Um, Three hits off the bench because Didi got hurt. And now people are like, it's all right. Toe filled in fine for Didi last year. It's like, no. that No. I mean, Toe hit us two singles or one single a game and didn't hurt the team. He didn't. It's not like he replaced Didi's numbers and defense. So, it, See, now you're already poo-pooing him. This is why he's he's a motherfucker, man. I'm poo-pooing him because everyone overblows what he does. Right. Well, I don't want you to have to be those people's voice. Let them let them go crazy. All right. Let them enjoy it. Because he's a beautiful man. And we, we said we were going to talk about Didi after game three, and we forgot about it. Um, if you didn't see, Didi got banged up a little, running down to first. Him and Kendry's Morales had a weird, like weird interaction crossing first base. Uh, they ended up pulling Didi like the next inning, something like that. He got checked out for a bruised, what was it? Bruised heel, and he got sent for more X-rays. And the last time we sent a guy to the hospital, thinking it was a bruise. And they wanted to get a closer look at the x-rays. Turned out to be a fractured wrist that we haven't seen him back on the field yet. So I'm actually pretty nervous about this. Also, a lot of people are saying Didi still hasn't tweeted out his end of the game tweet, which means he's probably sad because if he went to the hospital, got cleared, he was like happy, going to be fine. He probably would have tweeted out that end of the game tweet. Now, this is some conspiracy theorist oh, yeah. overlooking everything, but I buy into it big time. So I think... Uh, I think we're a little worried about Didi. They do I hate the theory. If you watched it, it didn't look bad. Yeah, they do have two off days, Monday and Thursday, and two games in between. So you cannot play Didi those two games and Thursday and give yourself four days to see where you're at then. And then if you want to DL him, you can retroactively do it. So they do have a little bit to figure out. Yeah, and if you're trying to keep if you're trying to keep Giancarlo in the lineup, because are, are the games at Miami? Or yeah, yeah, York? they're at Miami. Okay, so yeah, you lose the DH, so you're going to want to get Giancarlo a start and right, which means you move Neil to second, Glaber's short. What about your What about your dude Toe? Uh, if the right, he probably gets one start at second, and then Neil sits a game. Or if Giancarlo can't play both in right field, they throw. Shane or one of them out there. I don't know. We'll see. Would you leave Glaber at second and put toe at short so Glaber can just get more reps and consistency at second? No, I I like playing Glaber at short because I think that kind of empowers him. That's like I do, too. But remember, like those little reactions when he's making mistakes and everyone's saying, well, he's never played a full season at second. So he's going to be making those mistakes. So it seems counterproductive to be moving him back. I, I don't think two games in Miami or whatever, whatever this does turn into. If it is a bigger thing, I think that changes the comp. Well, no, if, if Didi was significantly hurt, I think we'd want Glaber as our shortstop. No, I think so. But if it's just these two games, so what are we really doing here? And I mean, I think there is, you know, this is very much a baseball thing. It's, it's being the quarterback or it's being the starting running back, like being the starting shortstop. 
I don't care what major league team you're on. That's still a thing. You're, you're the guy. You're, you're the guy on the field that can only make those select few plays that a shortstop can make. Um, and I don't know. I think, I think that would empower Glaber a little bit. And today they sub toe in to play second and they move Glaber to short. So I think that kind of shows it. Yeah, I think so too. All right. Uh, next award, regular old awards and everyone tweet at Jake and tell him he's the loser for copping out of motherfucker. No, I didn't cop out. You didn't. You didn't. And I named a name. I named a name. I named a name. All right. Next is our regular old awards. I get to go first. This is the nice legs award. Ooh. Nice legs. Uh, you already mentioned Canely. I don't know. Nice legs award goes to Aaron Hicks, dude. Well, a I hate you. Well, you know, go on with your terrible award. Nice legs, dude's a walking machine. Six walks in these three games. Two walks in each game. His last forty games, he has thirty-eight walks. That's just under a walk a game if you're a mathematician. Since uh, an end in those last forty games. He's got a 413 on base percentage, a 913 OPS, but a 254 batting average. That shows you what batting average is fucking worth. He's playing good. He's doing his job. Moving moving the baton, baby. Defense and move past the baton. I was going to give him the your friend you grew up with, but you know if you met them now in life, you'd kind of hate them. And that was going to go to Aaron Hicks. Because, like, I love him. You're on the Yankees. You're doing your thing, dude. It's been nice. I underestimated you coming in. He went one for eight this series. Okay. Tough series. That's two games. One hit in two games. People do that. He had six walks. He had a 125 batting average and a 500 OBP. What's happening? Playing baseball. He, it feels like he's playing a different sport. Yeah, well, we've been saying that forever, but. Is one RBI this series? RBI walk, baby. Leads the major league since 2007 in RBI walks. It's mind blown, man. And I, I, I went, went live for that at bat because I was like, there's no way he's swinging 3-0. Zero chance Aaron Hicks with the bases loaded at 3-0 pitch is swinging. Where? And usually that's normal, but the 2018 Yankees love swinging 3-0. Then 3-1, it's like, swing. I don't think he's going to swing at this either. He didn't. RBI walk. Keep on walking. Nice legs. It's um, it's wild, man. And I just, the the little birdie that's talking in my head is like, I just, I just hope it continues because if I see Aaron Hicks in a full playoff series in like five games, he goes, one for 18 or something. I'm just going to be so mad. What if he gets a lot of walks? Well, if he goes one for 12 with six walks, I'll be like, okay, dude, that's the thing you do. But if he gets fully pitched to and confronted in big games and it gets exploited, then I'm, I'm just going to be inside myself screaming. Last episode, we talked, talked about top Brazier and his job left your defense pass the baton. That's his job. Defense, pass the baton, and he's, he's doing, doing it. it. Yeah, just want, and yeah, he's been fantastic this year. I just need to see it when it counts to believe it, because right now it's almost not baseball. <laughs> That's gonna be the name of my autobiography. 
almost not baseball. Yeah. All right. Who's your first regular old award? Um, my first regular old award. You know what? Screw you. I'll take it. Let's do the. Uh, let's do the shut up award. That's interesting. That's interesting. I was giving this guy the needed that award. Same same general tone. <laughs> well, I knew I was half mad you stole Hicks without knowing. So yeah, I'll I'll go with it and I'll run and I'll I'll serve it up to you. But it's Greg it's Sir Gregory Bird, if if you don't know. Um he hit the two home runs this series. He had a couple walks again. Greg Bird kind of stat line, 200 batting average, 333 OBP, six RBIs, led the team in runs batted in. He obviously had the grand slam. Um, man, I got to be honest with you. I So this is, this is the problem. <laughs> I'm going to start wide here, Jim. This is the problem with sports media and the world right now. <laughs> All right, thank you. Have a good night. Both sides of an argument can be right. Yeah. And if you're a Greg Bird lover, you can sit there and be like, man, when the swing is right, it's beautiful. He still has good command of the strike zone. You know, one good month, and, you know, you could poo poo on all the Greg Bird naysayers. Now, on the other hand, the Greg Bird haters can say, look at this dude's stat line. He's not doing much. And we've seen this, and he's, he has a history of injuries. Like, what are we actually doing here? And you know what? They're kind of right, too. But here's what we need to come to as, as a Yankee Nation. If Greg Bird is right, he's our best option at first base going forward. This, this year. I, this year. I hope he continues to be right, because if he does go into a slump mode, we might hit a point where Neil Walker and Greg Bird are fighting for at bats, which could be an ugly situation, especially for you and me. Um, but, dude, I'll I'll admit it. If if Greg Bird doesn't show it for a month, month and a half, or in the games we need it coming up, man, if if you could get Bryce Harper to agree to play first base, and get him for not a huge mega mega contract. Yeah, that would be an insane Yankees team next year if you go judge Harper Stanton. Like the the thought of that in a baseball mindset is incredible and I get that. But root for Greg Bird to be good cuz he has shown us he has this ability and we want it and we love you and you're pretty. But we just we got to see more of it, dog. And uh I don't know. Even if even if you're off team Greg Bird, like <laughs> we say this so much, root for him. <laughs> just just root for him, and then start dreaming about Harper or Machado or whoever you want in the off season. But root for Greg Bird. Now I that was that was more than I expected for myself. You are the president of the Greg Bird fan club. I pass the baton. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna start negative. Um, until that home run in game two, which was at the end of game two, which the, the whatever, some of you were saying it's attack on home run. They were up three. That home run saved us from using Chapman, allowed us to use Cole. That's a big home run to change the score from three runs to four runs. It's a nice insurance run. 
Is it against their closer or their best pitcher? No, because they're losing by three runs. But it's still, it's not like an 8 nothing tack on home run. A lot of people are trying to downplay it like that. But the RBI before that was a shitty swing that he just like check swung and went up the middle for an RBI. He looked this whole time has looked exhausted and I don't know, mentally or physically, but he was bringing it to defense. He had a couple balls that Andy Hart threw or Glaber or Didi threw, and they wouldn't have been out if he caught it. The runner had beat them, but it was, but it still was like a totally catchable ball that Greg kind of just missed. And it never hurt us. It never went into, into the dugout or into the stands and they got an extra run. So it wasn't like something you really could harp on, but I was like, man, dude, he just looks out of it. Um, so that so it was at like a negative point, and I mean, I'm president of the Greg Bird Fan Club, and it's it was like it's tough going, and we're not completely out of the woods at all. But two home runs is nice. Um, but I don't know, man. I just can't. I, I'm fine with like. The flip-flop of love and hate. When people were booing Stanton for going 0-5, I completely defended the Boers. He's playing bad. Bad play equals boo. Good play equals cheer. So I totally get that. I don't understand is rooting for a guy in your team to fail like we saw the fan base do in this last week up until the home run in the Grand Slam. That's kind of crazy. I think the only people I've ever done that to were Clippard, Carter, and Shreve for like a little bit. I wanted to, I didn't want him I wouldn't want him to fail when he came in. I just wanted him off the team. Carter You you had hit the point where you couldn't believe in them being successful at all. Y- yes. And I haven't hit that point with Bird. I guess other people have, so that kind of allows it. Um but like you said, un- unless the the best option is that when Judge comes back bird and walker platoon it if bird's still not going strong so so like you're saying root for root for greg bird because he's the best option the rest of this year which let's be honest if it gets to that point that is the end of greg bird if if we if we run into this postseason with a walker bird platoon at first base greg bird is the yankees first baseman is done yes i agree uh, but uh, let's see where this this two home runs and two games. Grand Slam was a big, big, big home run. As a upper deck crushed it. I don't know. Let's just let's just wait and see. He needed that. That was the needed that award. And this is the. Uh, you always just wonder. <laughs> All right, back to you guys. No, he uh, he got robbed of that home run in the White Sox series. And I just, I always wonder, like, how much, we ask Greg Bird two things. Get on base, hit homers. Hit dingers, hashtag Big Al. If he had hit that homer in the White Sox series, how much would this slump have been magnified? You know? I don't know. It, it, it's more, it's. Cause... Still would have been, it still would have been talked about, but I don't think it would have been as loud as it got. Yeah, it got pretty loud. It got pretty, pretty nasty, dude. Oh yeah. Well, I mean that that at bat against the Devil Rays Sidewinder was the the pinnacle. And then and then the postseason. See where it lands. Then the post the press conference was was the best for Yankee fans too. Right, right. So we'll 
We will see. We will know. We will know a lot more about Greg Bird, Glaber Torres, and the the Yankees bullpen and Luis Severino in the next month and a half. Yeah. Uh, all right. What's so that that was your award? You stole. We just ste- we're just stealing awards from each other. You stole toe for me. It, it got ugly. It got you. It got ugly after the Torres. Well, because you you copped out and stole Torres from me, so I stole Hicks from you, which I had planned out anyway. Then you stole Bird from me. You stole Bird from me. So my three extras I had prepared were Bird, Hicks, and Toe. They're all gone. So I'm gonna go to uh, Grit over Glam award let's hear it goes to glaber torres doing a g thing grit over glam for glaber i was surprised when i saw the stats but i'll i'll let you talk he put together a nice stat line this series five hits five for 11 four runs scored it's a 455 batting average 500 on base percentage and it never looked pretty it never looked like the Glaber we saw in the first half, smooth swing, like happy, uh, uh, confident, calm. It looked like a guy out there doing everything he could to get hits, to make things happen, put balls in play, changing his swing, um, kind of like just pushing, hanging curveballs a little, like reaching, blooping hits. But, hey, man, like that's what you got to do and – Get that going, and then get your timing back, and then we'll start seeing the real uh, Glaber, who was kind of like a glam player before, just very pretty. Everything he did was smooth and nice and professional. And then we got a little more of like a gritty Glaber this week. But it's it's perfect, and he, he struck out, and he threw the bat and like threw his helmet, and that's much different body language than the guy who we saw in Fenway who – grounded out and slow walked across the entire diamond as slow as he possibly could because he was defeated. Now he's throwing helmets. I don't need people to throw helmets like bird birds, not going to throw a helmet judge judge. Isn't going to throw a helmet. Those guys like you can't make people react the way you want them to react. So why it is nice to see Gardner slam bats to see O'Neill punch water coolers to see Glaber throws helmet. It is nice to see guys that outwardly throw their frustration, you can't blame other people for, for not, not having it. We talked it. about this a few weeks ago. Who were we talking about? Sonny? Sonny? Yes, yes, it was Sonny Gray. He's like, I'm I'm sorry, guys. Like, even If I have a bad start, I'm not going to cuss and give everyone the middle finger as I walk off. Like, That's just not how I react. And yeah. That's not so, the comparison we should be giving to Glenn. No, so, no but I'm, what I'm saying is I, I feel bad appreciating that Glaber threw down his helmet and bat after he struck out because on the flip side, I'm not going to punish anyone for not doing it, but it is nice to see. So it's a weird little mix. And he's 21. Yeah. It makes, makes more sense. Um, yeah, man. I like, like my speech that I've been developing this whole episode. Uh, we're going to find out a lot more about Glaber. I didn't realize how good his stats look this series. Hopefully, if if he can get it going, man, that would that would really be awesome. That's um, I I should bring it up because maybe maybe this is a thing. Someone, um, I should find the name, but uh, someone's been preaching to me on Twitter about Greg Bird as the second cleanup hitter, batting eighth. Which I know this will make you laugh because you're not a lineup guy. 
<laughs> they they DM me after the Grand Slam today. <laughs> they were like, "I told you, Greg Bird, bottom of the lineup." <laughs> he, he wasn't even eighth today, right? Because there was Higgy in. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if you if you play good, everything gets forgotten. So second cleanup is that a thing? Especially like not really. I don't think so, but I, it's kind of fun to say. <laughs> it would it would be something I would say batting eighth in like freshman. Yeah, it sounds a lot like what you tell the bad player, like, dude, eighth, second cleanup. What are you talking about? Yeah, don't ever tell Greg Bird he's the second cleanup. Eighth is where Boone bats his worst hitter. Yeah, traditionally. Uh, shout out Sugar Shane. Um, yeah, man, if I I. I'm hoping this is a tweet I can dig up in a couple of weeks, but I wanted this Yankee train to get rolling so that when Judge and Gary were ready to come back, that everyone would say, wow, the Yankees the Yankees have just won, you know, nine out of ten games, and they're getting Gary Sanchez back. Oh, wow. Now the Yankees have Gary back. They've won, they've won 15 out of 17 games, and now Judge is coming back. What can this team be? And I'm really hoping that's the conversation, even though it's really lame sports talk radio. But that would be great. And hey, Blue Jays, Blue Jays, Marlins, Orioles. Let's keep putting up double digits on the scoreboard. Yeah, that'd be nice. All right. Uh, who, who's your last regular old award? Uh, my last award. Who who do I still want to talk about? Uh, I can't. <laughs> It's taking every bone in my body not to give Neil Walker the award because, dude, that three-run homer was big in the first Go game. Go Stroman. Um, but he uh, – I, I won't give it. I give him two. I was going to give an award to the weather if you wanted to take that from me. I, I'm, st- I'm still mad about Hicks's walks. I can't get those out of my head right now. No, the award goes to uh, – or the award will be the – how do I want to phrase this? I – I've I've got the words. It's just it's a it's like a word jumble in my head right find now. It, the uh, find it, unravel it. You can do it. A lot of people have a lot of faith in you. You might have pinstripes award. Interesting. Hap, you think he's coming back? Dude, I'm just saying I don't know how this season ends. So I'm right. It is. It's hat. Yeah. Nice, dude. And I, so dude, the pinstripes thing, cause I do love part of my take. Big cat's been taking a stance on that lately. Like, and he, he does have fun with it. Like, you know, someone slaps, slaps a base hit. It's like, Oh, did Higashioka just earn his pinstripes? Cause Yankee fans do do that to a degree. So I definitely do that. I, Oh yeah. So, um, I'm just saying, I don't know where this season lands. But how unflashy Hap is, like his riding the subway thing, like that actually is J-Hap. Like that's not that's not A-Rod pulling a stunt and being like, I ride the subway. Like, no, J-Hap rides the subway. <laughs> he uh, He's going to pitch six innings and probably give up like two runs. But A, how badly this Yankees team needed this. And B, I mean, what are his stats with the Yanks now? Is he 4-0? I think, I think so, so, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see this. Yeah, I mean he's or he's three and zero, or no, he's four and zero. Yeah, he got the win today. Um, I think his ERA is around two flat, and 
I just think it's kind of funny when, especially we saw the 98 Yanks roll through and you see a lot of names. And I, I know when the, the team, I think Graham Lloyd was the 96 Yanks. But, I mean, even Sterling and guys on the teams, they get preachy. They're like, man, we really needed Graham Lloyd. And I know he was a lefty reliever, but Hap, man, if he keeps putting up these numbers, <laughs> if you're Cashman, like, hey, you want to come back, dude? Um, cause especially if we're going to keep improving with this young guys in the lineup, what he can do for us is, uh, is awesome. And I think, I mean, a, so his games so far have been Kansas city, Texas, Tampa Bay, Toronto, um, which is what it is all at home, by the way, which is kind of impressive because that's at the stadium. That's, that's a thing. Sonny gray, <laughs> Sonny gray will tell you lefty. Um, you know what yeah, I like man, about that? Everyone keeps preaching about these numbers against Boston and this, that, and the other. I, uh, you know what I like? You know what I like about Hap? He's an elevate the fastball for strike three pitcher. And I just love that because nothing looks more foolish. Mm, that's not true. I just like the image of when a guy swings out of his shoes because the ball looks as big as a watermelon and then misses it because he elevated the fastball. Like, I love uh, CC's backdoor slider or cutter for a strikeout. Those are good. Swinging over a Seve slider, that's fun. Tanaka splitter in the dirt, swinging over that, that's fun. But it's almost, those are flashy and, like, uh, high fastball. Just something so manly about that. Just, like, balls, just ballsy. Especially when he throws 93. It's a little, and it's almost anti nowadays. Because if if that pitch goes wrong and Giancarlo puts that pitch five hundred feet in the seats, you look like a damn idiot. But um, yeah, man, Hap kind of knows how to pitch, and it's almost this—I don't want to say lazy approach, but like we said today, it was two solo homers. Like nobody got hurt, but like he's he throws his fastball a ton. He's coming right at you, and then it's almost like when runners get on base, he's like, "All right, now I've got to actually pitch." Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. Appreciate J-Hap and what he's done so far. Of course, Lance Lynn has been sexier, but <laughs> Hap's good. Hap, if the Yankees do make this a season to remember, Hap is going to be a big part of it. I agree. All right, that's the end of the show, unless you got any final words. Uh, going Off day Monday, enjoy your off day. It's my girlfriend's birthday, so I'm going uh... – we're going to ride some jet skis around the bay. I wish I'd go for some massages. I love massages. I get spasms in my shoulders these days, Jake, if, like from just hunching at the computer for too long. And then it like really hurts. We'll get you on a massage schedule once, once we start bringing in that cake. Yeah, sponsor the pod. Maybe we'll get a massage sponsor. After I pay off my bills and like make enough money to live, then I'll get that massage. Well, so we have to mention Guardy didn't have a pretty ser- series, but like, who cares? You're not Shane Robinson. Um, Mention the Higashioka thrown out Pilar. <laughs> Pilar kind of isn't it, dude? I was listening to that. Sterling had an incredible call. When hey, here's something: if you were listening to a Sterling call and it's awesome, because I can't, I don't listen to it because I watch the game and make the gifts and shit. I'm never in my car because then I'm not doing my job. But I can't listen to both. If you are listening to Sterling and there's a fun play like that DD play, 
where he for when people were like, "Yo, you gotta hear Sterling went ape shit." I immediately I went and grabbed the audio, shared it with everyone. So if you hear a Sterling call that you think needs to be shared, it's easy for me to do it. I'm already doing it stuff anyway. Let me know. That's not. I'm not talking. I'm talking to you, Jake. I'm talking to all the listeners as well. Right, but dude, so Pilar tries to steal third, down five with two outs or whatever, gets pegged by a mile. And Sterling doesn't even have to say what's happening. He just like started screaming and he's like, what can you be? <laughs> if you're John Gibbons, the manager, what do you do? And it was, dude, it's- K was, K was ruthless too. He basically called him a big dumb idiot, but in his own words and not in the way I would say it. Cause he's, you know, national TV announcer. He was just like, what is Pilar thinking? That is a bonehead play. You just cannot do that on a baseball field. Right. And that's like, that is the call. But dude, Sterling's just incredible because he can, he's supposed to be the radio guy that's supposed to paint the picture with beautiful words and almost talk more and say more. And he can do something like that where he gets away with almost saying nothing, but you know exactly what's happening. So he's got that silky voice too. Neil Walker, dude, that three-run homer. Okay, I'm done. Disco Neil, Neil shirts on sale. We sold a good amount. Dude, that's a big home run. Big, big home, home run. run. That, game, that game gets rained out and the Yankees lose. Hysteria. Yeah, it's a tough start. Four, four down four in the first. Yeah, so we're, we're saying that Neil home run saved the season. Nice. I like that. That's a strong. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for listening, guys. We appreciate you. We appreciate all of you. If you want to support the show, go to talk up. Uh, fucking, I always say it wrong. Go to patreon.com slash talking yanks. You have the video of Jake and I talking. You can watch live. We do post game on the YouTube where we just say, hey, how do you think the show went? And that's only Patreon people that watch on YouTube get to hear those thoughts. And uh, you get your name in a. Uh, a raffle to win a jersey. You can win it multiple times. You can win two months in a row. There's no stipulation. So it's that would be $24 on the year, $24 for up to 12 $100 jerseys. $24 and you're winning twenty-four grand worth of jerseys. Or I don't know the math. Just twelve hundred. Whatever. Whatever. If, if you, you want, want to support, support, us, support Just us. give us two bucks a month. Like, stop being a... <laughs> All right, go Yankees, go Yankees, go Yankees, go Yankees. Tell them, Grandma. Go Yankees. <laughs>